You're listening to Hello a Business Podcast. Greater Helsinki, well, basically all of Finland is in the Goldilocks zone of markets. You know probably the story of Goldilocks. That's the lady that broke into the home of the three bears and found chairs, food, beds that were either too small or too big for her. Too cold, too hot, you know, until she came upon the middle one, which was just right. That's our region in a nutshell. It's small enough yet big enough to pilot and scale up the solutions. So if a solution works here, it'll work everywhere. I'm Sonja Malinen. I'm joined in the studio by Teemu Lehtinen, the CEO of Kira Hub. Welcome, Teemu. Thank you, thank you. What is the best thing you learned from a pilot project that did not go so well? Yeah, we we had a bunch of pilots, like 139 pilots in Kiradisi project, and uh, so there was a lot of, uh, of course, good ones and uh, not was not so good ones, and and you know a lot of learnings, uh, a lot of mistakes. I think one of my favorite kind of pilot that had a lot of mistakes was this project about. Uh, window cleaning robot. There was these three guys from a garage in Espo. They had a dream of starting to develop a robot that could clean windows of a building automatically or autonomously. And they started developing that from scratch. Uh, so prototype after prototype, they kind of kept failing and failing and failing. But after kind of round 15, they kind of started to get that together. And then... <laughs> It actually started working, so that's kind of my favorite pilot on how to keep failing until you actually get it working. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent story. But you could say that the Kira Digi was indeed a success. This was a three-year project to boost the digitalization of the real estate and construction sectors. It was funded by the Ministry of Environment, and it started in 2016, right? Yeah. Lasted up until 2019, and now Kirahap is continuing its work. What sort of problems did the Kiradigi project try to solve? Well, actually, the the whole project was kind of a wake up project for for the whole industry. So, the real estate and construction sector it's actually the biggest industrial sector in the world, and still it's it's being kind of the the laggard or uh, really a slow industry to implement new technologies and then of course benefit from those technologies so for example the productivity improvements have been uh, really bad in this sector and and so we want to have this project that would actually wake up the industry to realize that there's bunch of different technologies and digitalization opportunities around us and we should actually just start embracing them and start experimenting with them so that we could find kind of those golden nuggets that we could start implementing and scaling. So one of the kind of biggest objective of the project was that we need to get as many organizations and companies in the field to experiment with new digital opportunities. Back then, this is way back in 2016, if you still remember those golden days, <laughs> was it easy to start this new pilot industry, based on what you just said uh, about the uh, construction sector being 
bit maybe conservative, mm-hmm. might someone say, and price sensitive. This is something I've also heard. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't easy, of course, when we set up this kind of experimental program when we had kind of different calls for funding. So, so we set up this uh, funding instrument where uh, any company or group of companies could apply for funding for these experiments and they could get 40% of, of governmental aid and then 60% was was kind of their own funding part. When we started that and had the first call, uh, the applications that we received, they were not really any experiments. They were kind of traditional R&D projects that had really, you know, specific uh, project plan, specific schedule, usually quite long schedule, up to one year, and and then specific steps that what they wanted to kind of execute. So it took a lot of time to get uh, this ecosystem to understand what this kind of experimental culture is all about. So, I mean, you shouldn't plan for long projects with specific steps, you should actually plan really quick and agile experimentation with, of course, you need to have an objective, but you don't really know how to get there. So you just start experimenting and you learn and, you know, guide your way based on that learning and have this kind of iterative, agile way of going forward. So that mindset uh, took a while uh, to get into these ecosystems kind of uh, heads. So you could say that one of the tasks of, of Kira Digi project was to educate the whole industry. Yeah. How to do agile piloting. Yeah. So um, let's dive deeper. What would you say, how did the cooperation between the cities, let's say Helsinki or Espo, and private companies work out? Yeah. Uh, this is very confidential, so just between us two, so you can, you know, yeah, tell I mean, everything. Actually, the uh, one of the key principles that we also had uh, as part of the Kiradici experimental mechanism was that everything we do has to be open. Uh, all the results, all the findings, all the basically what was learned, uh, all the end reports, uh, everything that was kind of produced in these projects they had to be open for everyone. Uh, so the whole ecosystem could actually learn and it wouldn't be just benefit for a single or few companies in the field. And uh, that was also a bit difficult to understand uh, from the company's side in the beginning. But after we actually did the first round, uh, the company started to see that, hey, this openness is actually quite beneficial for us. When we're doing these new things for the first time and we are the ones who are doing it and and we are actually communicating out wide what we are doing and we are also succeeding, that's kind of best promotional (laughs) activities that we can do. Uh, So all the companies actually started to get more and more uh, connections and, and... even proposal and requests uh, for other projects and other deals and and so on. So kind of positive cycle uh, came out of it. And of course, there was a lot of collaboration between companies and cities as well. Like City of Helsinki were also doing some of the experimental projects in in Kiradici as well. 
themselves with companies. So in a sense, we were able to kind of uh, build this kind of uh, experimental sandbox where everybody were collaborating together openly and learning from each other. And that was really a one of the key things why the project was so successful. And we actually later on, we also got then a lot of feedback from abroad, from different countries that they've been actually downloading some of the project reports, results, uh, even in, in Finnish language, they've been, you know, using Google Translate really? to translate <laughs> them in English. And <laughs> Well, that's a breakthrough. Is there something in the atmosphere of Greater Helsinki uh, that makes the area uh, suitable for, for piloting? In my personal opinion, I think that the very raw, blunt honesty of uh, Finnish people. Yeah, I mean, Kudan must be some. I, I think that's also changed a lot for the past few years. Uh, to kind of, it, it hasn't always been like that. Uh, but I, I mean, of course, like city of Helsinki has its strategy to to become the most functional city in the world. Uh, Finnish culture, I think it's it is quite pragmatic uh, and in a sense quite functional. That you know, we want to make things work. So I think in that way, it makes sense to to pilot new things and see how to make them work, how to get these kind of new ideas, new technologies into use. Uh, we constantly want to kind of uh, keep uh, this kind of evolution and development going on within the whole Finnish society, I would say. I think there's something deep in our DNA uh, kind of explaining that, you know, just make it work, you know, that kind of attitude. It's a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's turn our focus to the people involved in the projects. The starting point for these projects or pilots was to introduce the newest IT tools into the construction sector. But what about the end users of a built environment or, as they're sometimes called, citizens? Uh, have these experiments improved their lives? What's your opinion? Yeah, I mean, the, I think... In the end, of course, the goal has to be to improve the quality of our lives in our homes or in our working places or, or in our cities. Uh, and uh, I think Finland already uh, has been quite successful in achieving that uh, in many discussions with uh, kind of international networks that, you know, I'm at. Finland is most often viewed as this kind of hidden gem uh, Things are working here really well. We're really utilizing technologies, but nobody knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and when they actually learn about it, they you know can't stop embracing that. <laughs> so so uh, that's kind of of course a good place to be in, but that's also a bit sad because I mean we are really small country, but we could be even bigger in you know within the global scale if we were able to communicate about us uh, uh, even even better. But of course, many of those experiments, uh, they did deal with uh, technologies within our homes. Uh, for example, how to enable 
these kind of new services uh, in our home through these kind of smart home uh, uh, applications. How can we actually help uh, homeowners or end users to control their uh, indoor environment better? Or maybe taking the next step from that, how can we actually start automating things in a way that, you know, people don't have to control anything, but our homes would actually start learning uh, from the behavior of the people and then optimizing, for example, heating, cooling, uh, energy consumption, uh, lighting, uh, and so on. So the citizens, they give out some information about themselves. Uh, how do you engage the community? Uh, what are the best methods you used to kind of have these people to participate in the pilot projects? So I know everybody talks about this uh, participatory design, mm. but how do you pull it off? I think the one of the key thing is to be uh, to have everything uh, as open as possible. One of our kind of key mantras from the beginning was keep making noise. Uh, so we we went out to set up uh, as much of different uh, kind of communication channels as possible, reaching all the possible target groups. So we had different social media channels. We we had also kind of uh, uh, newsletters for, for the email. And then we, we had a lot of partners in communication uh, on different levels uh, for the media. So we kept communicating everything on everything what was going on, uh, the kind of project opportunities, uh, the project results, uh, and, and so on. It's said that Greater Helsinki is leading the digitalization of of the built environment, but uh, how much of it is just hype? I would say that, as I said earlier, that that Finland is kind of a hidden gem. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that too much of that is actually hype. Uh, I truly think that city of Helsinki and, and the whole Finland is in the forefront uh, of utilizing digital technologies within our uh, built environment and, and real estate and construction. Of course, there are a lot of things that we can do still better, but I wouldn't say there's too much hype on that. Of course, money isn't always the only factor, but an important one. How could we make piloting even more alluring and even more productive as it is at the moment? Is there something we have missed, something very crucial? Usually the piloting phase doesn't require much money. Uh, the idea is that you you actually try out uh, the the ideas and kind of the objectives in really light way first in order to learn fast. So that phase doesn't require a lot of money. The phase that actually requires a lot of money is the scaling. So when you actually learn how something should be utilized or taken into use and then you want to scale it as widely as possible that's kind of the phase where you then require significant funding of course there needs to be a strong business case behind that and then usually the funding shouldn't be a problem i mean there's a lot of uh, organizations available that can you know provide funding for viable business cases but yeah i think that's usually 
people are kind of think that even this kind of experimental culture piloting, uh, agile piloting, that also requires significant funding. But that actually, when it's done properly, of course, there's always human resources that's needed. But the actual pilot usually don't really need uh, a lot of investments, for example. Uh, you can try out with ideas, even with technological ideas, uh, in a quite light way with different kind of, you know, wireframes, MVPs, and then so on. That doesn't really require too much. So we have heard a lot of your experiences today on piloting on, on the Kira Digi project. Would you be so nice and, and to share with us your maybe three key learnings? of uh, doing pilots in, in Greater Helsinki? I think uh, the uh, first thing would be the openness. So be open in everything that you do that will actually just lead to positive things when kind of openly embracing that first thing that you are actually doing with these new technologies that is the best possible promotional and marketing activity that you can actually have. And I promise it will lead to a lot of new leads and connections and uh, requests. The second thing would be that uh, even though we're now talking about this kind of uh, agile piloting, uh, you still need to plan Uh, those pilots well, and especially what you will be doing after those pilots and after those learnings. In Finland, we're really good at piloting. We do a lot of pilots, but where we could improve uh, is the after part. What we actually do with all those pilots and the results and learnings, and how we are actually able to scale the best things. Because That's only when we actually start realizing the potential that's out there uh, on those pilots. If we end at the pilot phase, we don't get those benefits. And as I said, that scaling phase also requires more uh, resources, more investment. And those are things that also need to be planned uh, well ahead. Uh, so that's kind of the second uh, critical thing. And... Third one, uh, I guess, just, you know, keep making noise and have fun with it. It's uh, doing things with a positive vibe uh, and this kind of enthusiastic vibe. Uh, it's a key thing in life to, you know, get anything successful done. So that's my three points, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much. I saved the trickiest, the hardest question as the last one. So when the Finnish national sports team wins the championship, people from all around Helsinki and the surrounding areas gather in the market square here. Here in Helsinki and they go skinny dipping in the pool of Havis Amanda statue, which is, by the way, dear listeners, not recommended. It's a very fragile piece of art. But what would have to happen for you to do the same? Demo. Yeah, I mean, I've been wondering about, I haven't done that uh, ever before. I've I've always kind of watched people do that uh, from TV. 
and and so on and kind of wonder that what would that be like you know cold water uh climbing up the statue sounds a bit dangerous <laughs> even <laughs> uh, but but it's also yeah it, it's kind of a this symbol of of you know celebrating success uh if i would you know First of all, what would be the thing that would make me do something like that? Of course, celebrate huge success. Uh, one of my uh, secret objectives have been kind of being able to farm a new unicorn from Finland uh, in this field of digital built environment. And and if if that would happen, that would probably be the the reason to do that. But I wouldn't want to do that physically in that fragile statue, but I would actually want to do that virtually. So actually, now I got an excellent idea uh, because we're building that virtual uh, WDBE conference, which has the ill elements of Helsinki and Tallinn and actually the future tunnel in between. But that could actually include the Harvis Amanda statue as well. <laughs> so after the conference, we can all go to celebrate there virtually. <laughs> See you there. Thank you so much, Teemu, for joining us. Thanks a lot. And thank you to everyone who listened to the show. You can find us and subscribe to Hell of a Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your fave podcast apps. 